0: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Guts to Be. I'm Tammy Davis, the revolutionary aromatherapist, and I assist you with cleaning up cellular communication and living a remarkably dis-ease free life. I break the rules by stepping outside mainstream mindset of misleading misinformation and assisting people like yourself with not just tapping into your unique nature, but following its wise lead. <clears throat> Again, welcome to Guts to be and uh, First off, I want to start off by asking you the question. What does that how does that land with you? When you hear the guts to be what do you hear? I didn't say the guts to be you that's too cliche I mean, come on now. I mean We hear that all the time. There's memes every single day that show up somewhere in our social media feed Reminding us to be authentic to be true to ourselves But do you know what the interesting thing is, is that has been a mantra of mine for as long as I can recall. I mean, seriously, since I've been about, you know, gosh, I don't know, early elementary school, if that old, I mean, it started early, follow your heart, be true to yourself. Those are the things that I would always tell people. I, my mom, you know, and my sister, and I just was always saying that. And so fast forward a few years (laughs) and I have a program called the the guts to be because it's not just about being you. Like I said, well, how does that land? When I say the guts to be, what do you hear? The guts to be bold, the guts to be different. How about the guts to be healthy? That's the focus of today. The guts to be, do you have the guts to be healthy? Now that sounds like an interesting question. And I'd be curious to know your thoughts. So, um, you're welcome to comment. Um, Head over to um, Instagram where you can find me at um, Tammy Davis eight. You can email me Tammy at center You can join my revolutionary aromatherapy group, or you can even request to join, you know, you could actually, you could join the guts to be group on Facebook by going um, accessing it on my, well you can send me a request um, via email, tell me at synergistence.com, or you can actually visit, visit synergistence.com and register um, with an upcoming uh, ch- masterclass that I have called um, Stop White-Knuckling Life. So there's a number of ways you can, but I'd love to hear your answer. Do you have the guts to be healthy? And so what exactly do I mean by that? Well it might be easy to say, yeah, I want to be healthy. But the question is, do you have the guts to be healthy? Let's go back and revisit what I just said to you. I assist people with cleaning up cellular communication. Okay. In order to do that, we must sidestep mainstream mindset. Okay. And that mainstream mindset, which I'm going to jump into in the next episode around brain health, is really messing with our health. For one thing, there's so much information out there and, and all of it is targeted to see the body as defective. I mean, we have these genetic tests, right? We have a lot of, uh, if you, maybe you're familiar with the various saliva tests that you can, um, submit your sample to for an epigenetic test, methylation, MTHFR. If you know any of those, then you know what I'm talking about. And there's a number of companies that are doing it these days. And truthfully, what you're doing is you're contributing to an international database that continues the Human Genome Project study. Um, Yet the bottom line is that saliva sample is a snapshot of what your epigenome was doing on that particular day. Now, I'm not going to get into the, the the real details about it, but the epigenome, the purpose of the epigenome is protection. It's adaptability. It's being able to pivot, if you will, in a, in the moment. Um, if, for instance, it's you know your menstrual cycle is coming up and it's been 28 days, things have to change within the system in order for because it's a, it's a point of tension because the tissues have been building up. So the tension is building and so now the body must shed it. So that tension generates uh, a stress response where the body begins to activate more inflammatory chemicals. This is the reason why we have pain and discomfort and in order to release the tissue from the body and then things go back to status quo. Okay. The same thing can be said for sleep. Once you have a day, you know, your full day, and your body's beginning to get tired. It's a point of tension that activates the stress system. Therefore chemistry changes in order to begin to start converting serotonin into melatonin. And there's another, uh, another, a number of, um, changes that occur to drop you into that sleep state. Okay. If you have problems sleeping, well, that's a sign that your stress system is activated, that your epigenome is altered in a way, but it's not defective. It's not defective. And so that's what I'm getting at is we have this mindset, mainstream mindset that wants us to believe that, you know, epigenetic mutations, right? Methylation mutations. These are the words we're using. There is such a thing called neuromarketing. marketing. They have sociologists, they have psychologists. There's all sorts of social scientists watching, observing, studying, tracking us through various surveys to get to understand the consumer. And one of the things that we, they know is if, I mean, so let's back up a minute and just talk collectively, culturally that around the time of the first world war, the United States was a peaceful place. We were not, we were pacifists basically. And we were wanting to get into, um, we were wanting to get into war, but in order to, in order to facilitate a generalized consensus, you know, the majority consensus, they had to manufacture consent. Noam Chomsky talks about this a lot. But the fact is, is it didn't really start with world war one. This has been going on since ancient times the governments would, this is where theater came in. Theater was a way of delivering a message. Uh, theater was a way of surveying the community and gaining consent for any rules or regulations that they were about to implement. It's fascinating. So we've been doing this for thousands of years. So when we use the word mutation or defect, you know, another good one is SNPs, right? I mean, I can, um, I'll tell you here, a single nucleotide, nucleopeptide, I think it stands for, um, uh, yeah, single nucleotide polymorphism. There you go. That's what this SNP, SNP. So if you've had one of these tests and you've been speaking, if you speak to somebody who reads the reports on them, they oftentimes will refer to a SNP, single nucleotide polymorphism. Okay. Now what's interesting is when you hear the word SNP, what do you hear? You hear like, like it's been clipped, right? Like something's wrong with it. Um, you know, all polymorphism means is the condition of occurring in several different forms, the occurrence of different forms among the members of a population or a colony or in the life cycle of an individual organism. Um, Here's the final one is the, in, in the case of genetics, the presence of genetic variation within a population the presence of genetic variations. It doesn't say genetic defects. It doesn't say genetic mutations. It says genetic variations. We are so terrified of variances, right? Du- you know, diversity, you know, there's, we're up in arms about difference, but the, uh, just a variation. Okay. The presence of genetic variation within a population. So that's all that means a single nucleotide polymorphism, just means that something about you varies, uh, you know, comparatively speaking to another individual, it doesn't mean your body's defective. And I cannot emphasize this enough. It does not mean you're mutated. It does not mean you're defective. It simply means there's variations. There's adaptations that have occurred within your system that have led to, um, changes within the chemistry. And again, depending on your epigenome and your response to the world, your, your, the reactions you have to your thoughts, your um, emotional reactions. That's what I mean. And you know, the reactions that you have to other people and how often you worry about this, that, or the other, that the body cannot differentiate between a vicious dog attacking you and whether or not you're worried as to whether the person you're about to meet is going to like the color of your hair or if they're going to think you're good enough for the job. You know, those obsessive worries that we find ourselves getting caught up in is unnecessary stress in the system. And again, the body cannot distinguish the difference between that chronic worry versus, you know, somebody attacking you, you know, on the the street or breaking into your house or being in a car accident or finding out you have a disease, you know, dis-ease, I'm going to put it that way. So it, th- this, these different stressors all register in the same way. They trigger the production of oxidative stress. Somebody said to me the other day, I was talking to a, um, a friend of mine in the UK, and she, we were talking about stress and her comment to me was, well, stress is, um, st- stress produces toxins. Stress doesn't produce toxins. Stress, is a reaction in the system that produces oxidative stress. It produces inflammatory chemicals that on an ongoing basis become toxic to the system because they're inflammatory. The stress system is meant to be activated, um, during true stress and then turning itself off. This is the, this is the purpose of the epigenome. This is what the epigenome does. And, and it's up to us to be able to step in as an aware being and begin to facilitate, you know, begin to tell ourselves we're fine. We are good. we you know, we don't have anything to worry about. You know, we're going to be fine. I mean, we just really need to gain that relationship with ourselves that begins to deescalate the stress system. Again, unless it's a true, you know, you know, if you're getting ready to go in for surgery and you're scared, that's okay. Your body's going into protection mode. But um, Just on a daily basis on an average day because you're worried about this that or the other This is what I mean by do you have the guts to be healthy? I was talking to somebody earlier today because if you if you remember in the intro, I said disease free And I emphasize the fact that I hyphenate that word because the prefix D I S actually means lack. Okay. So we, we recognize disease as something bad and scary. Okay. But if we separate the word lack of ease, now it becomes something we can wrap our head around. If we don't feel ease, we have the facility to get ourselves back into the space of ease. This is our job as a human living in this body. This is how magical we are. This is how powerful we are. This is how capable we are of working in tandem with nature in order to preserve our health, our wellness and our health. So again, the question on the table is, do you have the guts to be healthy? We have all these, one of the, there's a qualifier to becoming a part of my, on my email list. And that is, if you think Uh, a pill or some other remedy outside of you is what's going to fix what ails you. You are not a fit for my group. Like I said, we are out to break the rules because this mainstream mindset is in fact killing us. And if we think that something outside of us is going to fix what ails us, fix what's making us truly sick, we are going to make ourselves sicker because we're following the guidance of mainstream mindset. And that is to, Oh, look, you're depressed. We're going to give you a pill. That's going to that's going to replace, you know, it's going to, it's going to control the chemicals related to depression. You're anxious. We're going to control the body. Okay. You have, you know, I mean, I'm not saying you guys, my background is in pharmacology, so I'm not putting down the pharmaceutical industry in that regard. There's plenty of good value to taking medications but we have to take a step back. And if we're in that space, if we haven't been diagnosed with a health condition, we have the authority to be able to step in, <coughs> pardon me, and actually regulate our chemistry to the, to actually in a form of prevention. But if you really think that those pills are going to fix you, even if you have gone to the point of a diagnosis, if you think what you're taking is going to fix you, how come it hasn't yet? We hear all these promises you know with from you know with uh, medication advertisements and you know all the research that we hear about and oh this that or the other awareness and donate your money here for this research if this stuff was working we'd be fixed by now but the fact is is that your body and my body and your neighbor's body and your sister's body and your mother's body were all different even if each one of us was diagnosed with the very same health condition, the way it's, the way it is affecting our system, the way it is being experienced is a better way to say it. The way it's being experienced by our system is going to vary the polymorphism. There's, you know, health conditions are, are there, they are polymorphisms because one case of high blood pressure is not the same as another case of high blood pressure. It's not the same, you know, it's nothing is the same, although it's falls under the same category. There are variances based on your epigenome. So this is the reason why we cannot say that this particular medication is going to fix what ails you. It's impossible to predict. It's impossible to predict how one medication is going to affect everybody. And truthfully, these medications aren't designed, to fix you, they are designed to control the body. And when we seek to control the system, we are in fact saying, I don't trust the body. I, you know, I trust, I trust what is being said to me from the main, you know, from conventional contemporary conversations that the body is defective. I you know, I have, I, I think that I believe that the body is mutating and therefore is now sick and weak. It may be weakened, by all the inflammation, but it's not defective. If it was defective, you'd be dead. It would give out, it would tire out and just go, you're done. But the fact that you're listening to this and, 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 and surviving, whatever is, you know, whatever's going on with you says that your body is working and your job or your role as a thoughtful human is, as I said, to collaborate, with your system and begin to, um, self-regulate to the degree that you can dial back that stress response and then, um, begin to take steps. So I want to think about what I want to say. So I want to, I want to, pause here for a moment and just say that again, if you're in the in a situation where you need to take a pill or you need to take, you know, you're taking supplements or you do, you know, you're, you're having to use external remedies, nothing wrong with that. Okay. There's nothing wrong with that. It's when we become dependent upon those, because even if you're, even if you're using natural remedies, as long as you are targeting the symptoms and not, helping the entire system, you're still controlling the body. So the, the, the thing is, is that, um, we're not out to control the body. We're out to work with the body. We are collaborating. We are, we are partnering, we are working in tandem with the body. And as long as we're doing that, it's okay to be using outside remedies. If you are using things that are very symptom specific, a a good thing to be doing in, you know, in my case is going to be using essential oils and we'll have a show About essential oils specifically on that and like I said, if you're interested in oils, please come over to uh, Revolutionary aromatherapy on on, you know that our community on Facebook because it's there that I want to teach you about oils because oils are in fact um, signaling molecules just like a hormone and so they have the ability to influence genetic activity. Um, this is really where we, this is the premise um, of a lot of medications that we have today is based on the actions of plant constituents. I do share a real quick story. I recently had surgery on my foot and while I was getting prepped, the, the nurse placed um, a patch behind my ear of scopolamine and scopolamine is a constituent from a, a, a psychoactive not psychoactive, but a psychedelic plant. I think it's devil's claw. And so I just mentioned to him that I thought it was interesting that they were using this particular constituent from a psychedelic plant. And he had no idea. He had no idea. So we got into this conversation about it. um, And I was explaining to him my background. And it was interesting because the anesthesiologist was in there and she confirmed that it was in fact that particular plant so um, anyway the point is is that plant constituents are the foundation for a lot of our medications and so using them in a way that doesn't necessarily look to control the body and this is how I work with oils yes we are looking for symptom relief but we're also looking for system relief which means alleviating that stress response In the meantime, they are not going to be your answer. As I said in the beginning, if we're looking for outside sources to fix us, we've missed the boat. We can use these outside sources and yet our job is to work with them. And so really getting into um, having the guts to be healthy, having the guts to be dis-ease free. That's what this is all about. Do you have the guts to restore ease? Because remember, dis ease, no matter how serious you're dealing you're dealing with, dis ease means lack of ease. And you, my friend, have the ability and have the power. More importantly, which actually means the same thing, um, you have the power to restore that ease. And it begins with the relationship you have with yourself. And do you have that desire? Do you have that um, longing to? begin to self soothe yourself. I mean, really, when you find yourself cranked up, you know, when you find yourself, if you're an emotional eater, and you start noticing yourself eating emotion, you know, because you're eating your emotions, what else can you do? Maybe it's just a deep breath. That feels really good. Try it again. It just feels really good. really diving in and doing what it takes to befriend yourself, soothe yourself, you know, don't reach for the next cigarette. Don't reach for the next chip. Sorry for the noise. And, um, you know, maybe it's getting up and walking away from whatever you're doing, even if it's briefly just doing what it takes to take care of you, self care, I was talking with somebody yesterday, massage therapist, back to back, not even, a, not even an opportunity to get a drink of water. Now how interesting is that massage therapists working in spas, working in, you know, organizations that don't even give them the ability to breathe yet yeah, they're promoting self care. Talk about a lack of integrity. It's so disturbing but it's this thing. And I, and and it was this particular massage therapist that we were talking about the courage to be disease free. People will get over whatever's going on with them when they have, when they are, um, clear and intentional that they are going to be dis ease free. So this is your, this is your invitation. What are you going to do? What can you do right now that says, I am disease free? And like I said, it comes down to, you know, steps, creating a self-care plan. What can you do to, to take care of you? It's, you know, we talk about self-care as going to the gym. We can, you know, there's all different forms of self-care, but what can you do for yourself in the moment when you notice yourself all worked up? I get it that a massage therapist, if they're working on somebody for an hour or 90 minutes, you know, that break comes in between, but are they willing, if you're a massage therapist, are you willing to demand that you have an opportunity to take care of yourself? I, I mean, I've, there's a number of them that I've talked to. They don't even use the restroom, let alone get a drink of water. This is crazy. So as of right now, do you have the courage? to be disease-free. Do you have the guts to be healthy? I'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. And, um, if you are somebody that would like to contribute and be, you know, come on here and we can get into it. A really fun conversation about the guts to be bold, the guts to be, whatever that case may be. I'd love to hear from you. Tell me at synergistence.com synergistence is spelled S as in Sam Y N as in Nancy, E R G E S as in Sam, another S E N as a Nancy C E com. I look forward to hearing from you until then. Love you guys. And I will chat with you soon.